Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The Big Picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Today, Canada is stepping up and announcing $53 million to address the most pressing needs of Venezuelans on the ground, including the almost 3 million refugees. All right, so that announcement today from the Prime Minister is Canada is hosting the Lima Group to discuss the future of Venezuela. And it is an important moment in that country's history. Foreign Affairs Minister Christy Freeland calls it a critical moment. For the first time in many years, Venezuela's National Assembly and now Interim President Juan Guaido have charted a constitutional path to establish an interim government. We must do everything in our power to assist them in this democratic effort. Canada is on the right side of this here. We have recognized uh, Guaido as the legitimate interim president of Venezuela. We have recognized the illegitimate re-election of Nicolas Maduro. Trudeau has even referred to him as a dictator, which I think... The last couple of years uh, certainly uh, lend itself to that description. The prime minister says we've not not only called on Maduro to vacate the presidency, but we have imposed sanctions as well. The use of excessive force against peaceful protesters, arbitrary detentions, extrajudicial killings, all have become staples of a dictatorship clinging to power at the expense of their people. So it is interesting, though, the role Canada is playing here. We maybe seem like the odd one out when you look at the other members of the Lima Group. Certainly there have been those in Canada, like the federal NDP, groups like QP, that have accused Canada of following the U.S. lead on Venezuela. or supporting a coup against the Maduro, which, which seems absurd. Uh, Canada is uh, playing a leadership role. Joining us to talk a bit more about uh, why that is... And where we go from here, Eric Miller joins us, a fellow with the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, president of the Rideau Potomac Strategy Group. Eric, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Rob, thanks for having me on. So what do you make of the fact? I mean, it doesn't seem on the surface like Canada necessarily has a, a lot of interest in Venezuela or maybe even in the region, one could argue. But we're certainly playing a, a central role in all of this. Well, this is actually a tailor-made Canadian foreign policy initiative. Uh, what you see is a group of countries coming together to act multilaterally and defending the principles of democracy and freedom. And certainly uh, for uh, a, a decade and a half now, there has been a democratic charter within the Organization of American States, and there's been efforts to ensure that democracy flourishes in Latin America. And so Canada is playing a very strong leadership role to try to facilitate a peaceful uh, and uh, structured transition of power. Does that seem likely to happen at this point? I mean, what's your sense of where where things are at in Venezuela? 
I think it's really up in the air. Uh, this is one of those moments in history where individuals matter and where small things can go one way or the other. What you've seen is some rumblings in the army of certain people wanting to uh, leave and change their loyalty. Certainly on the international front, Mr. Guaido has now secured recognition from Canada, from the U.S., from the European Union, uh, from many countries in Latin America. And so momentum is building in his favor. But Mr. Maduro has been stoking this idea of invasion, uh, even going back to the Hugo Chavez days, uh, his government and that of Mr. Chavez have given out uh, uh, tens of thousands of, of, of rifles and other weapons to so-called neighborhood militia groups. And so he is not going to go out easily, but certainly uh, we've seen in the past where well-armed uh, regimes are actually swept aside by people power. And this is the best shot that we've seen in many, many years to actually see the Chavez-Maduro legacy ended. In terms of how this has all played out over the last month, the, the accusation that Canada is following the lead of the United States, I mean, it almost seems to be the other way around. It was Canada, along with the other members of the Lima Group, uh, that, that put out a statement at the beginning of January, uh, recognizing Guado as uh, interim president. I guess it was, wasn't it the, the White House that, that, that came out with their, their own declaration soon after that, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is really a Canadian leadership story. And the United States has been a little bit more disposed and certainly done more planning uh, to look at military options. This is not something that Canada favors at all. And so Canada's push has been to work multilaterally through diplomacy in order to try to tighten the screws on the Maduro uh, regime. And what you've seen is that the United States has followed and has been willing to take the cues from the Lima Group. And so when you have uh, people like the federal NDP and QP coming out and, and saying that Canada's somehow being a puppet of the U.S. on this, it, it both uh, is in complete, uh, uh, contrary to, completely contrary to the facts and is really absurd uh, in many ways. I mean, this is something yeah. Canada really should be proud of and, uh, and is really showing leadership in the world. Well, and I mean, certainly there's no shame in, in, in having shared uh, foreign policy interests with the United States. I think there are, there are a lot of things in which you could say Canadian foreign policy and American foreign policy is more or less in line. And that's, there's a long history of that. That's not, that's not inherently yeah, a bad thing. We, we, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, certainly uh, the complexity is in the hemisphere, the, the U.S. and Canada have different historical legacies. And so this is uh, this is something that certainly plays into decision making today, and and of course one wants to to be sure that uh, that where there are shared interests that Canada and the U.S. are working together, but this is one where in many respects the U.S. Uh, is demonstrating that it's better placed to listen to the Lima Group and follow that process that Minister Freeland and the Prime Minister have really helped to put together, as opposed to acting unilaterally. And the sense is, is that the U.S. will will play their role uh, when the time is right. But uh, as we're seeing now, the momentum is gathering behind Mr. Guaido's uh, recognition as the president of Venezuela. And so uh, all parties seem inclined to reinforce that trend and to see uh, where we get to with that. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's not just Canada and the U.S., as you say. I mean, you look at the countries in South and Central America, obviously now what we're seeing with, with the European countries uh, recognizing Guaido. I mean, Maduro's allies, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very small list still at this point, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's a small but important list. Uh, so you have the Chinese that have given $19 billion uh, in various forms of assistance to Venezuela, and they're worried about what's happening to that. Of course, uh, the Russians are very uh, heavily engaged in Venezuela. And so uh, those that are, I guess you could uh, politely say, not natural Canadian allies in, in many foreign policy issues tend to be allied with the Maduro government. Certainly, you've also seen some countries uh, such as Bolivia and Nicaragua and the region that are very uh, pro-Maduro. But uh, by and large, uh, the lion's share of the international community is getting behind uh, Mr. Guaido and is getting behind the push for freedom and democracy in Venezuela. But it is a, a dire situation at the moment in Venezuela, and, and even if there is a peaceful transition, uh, you know, it's going to take quite some time for that country to recover. Yeah, I mean, there, there's three million refugees, and this is part of why it matters. I mean, I think there's, a, I've seen an estimate of there's some 40,000 Venezuelans living in Canada. Uh, you have uh, an economy which has just been decimated. So for years, uh, Venezuela has been essentially a petrostate, and the state-run oil company in the early 2000s was essentially emptied of all of their experts. So it would be like going into Enbridge or TransCanada or CNRL and essentially taking every engineer in there and, and firing them, which is what uh, was done in the Venezuelan state oil company. So they have very little capacity in their institutions, and even if Mr. Maduro goes away, you will have to get inflation under control. You will have to restart uh, the energy sector in a functional manner. You will have to rebuild institutions. And, of course, the legacy of all of this is the folks that have been supporting the Maduro regime will feel aggrieved. And so there will have to be a real effort of reestablishing national unity. And so it's going to be a, an ugly and a very difficult situation. But it was a very uh, important gesture that the prime minister made today to commit $53 million. And a lot of that is going to help the countries around Venezuela that have tens of thousands of Venezuelan refugees living within their borders. Yeah, indeed. Well, we'll see how this all plays out from here. Much more at uh, CGAI.ca. Eric Miller, thank you so much for your insight here. Appreciate you making some time for us. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Uh, Eric Miller, fellow with the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, president of the Rideau uh, Potomac Strategy Group. His thoughts on the situation of Venezuela, the role Canada is playing here. On this, I think Canada is in the right. And it is. And I, I wrote a piece for Global News over the weekend, uh, quite shameful to see groups like CUPE and some members of the federal NDP. I think Jagmeet Singh's statement was just his, his typical emptiness. There was really nothing there. I have no idea how Jagmeet Singh feels about this situation. Uh, but there were some in the federal NDP who were much more overtly pro-Maduro. And, and ditto for CUPE, Canada's largest union. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was pretty shameful. Like, to me, this is the, the correct and obvious position to take. You know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, to have a group like CUPE, which professes to, to be on the side of, of the working class, as has been pointed out by groups like Human Rights Watch, and Human Rights Watch in particular has noted this, security forces in Venezuela have arbitrarily detained and tortured protesters and raids in low-income communities led to widespread allegations of abuse. It is the poor people of Venezuela who are suffering at the hands of a very wealthy dictator. Nicolas Maduro is extremely wealthy. Hugo Chavez was extremely wealthy. So you've got these opulent dictators... 
taking on the oppressed working poor and Canada's largest union sides with the former. Now, as a few people have pointed out, like this one from Glenn says, so why is China's basic dictatorship admired by Justin Trudeau, but not Venezuela's? You know what? And that's a fair question. I can't answer that. I don't know why Trudeau ever said that. And so I think that gets back to, to an issue uh, of his, his character, his mindset. On this, we've got it right. On, on other issues, I, I think Trudeau is, is very much not in the right. On uh, this one, we are. 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. All right, 974-8255. Or this one. How many times have we heard this over the years? Tech says, I just fear the U.S. will use this as an opportunity to take control of Venezuela's oil. Right? And they were going to do that in Iraq and Afghanistan and wherever else. Uh, that's not what this is about. Uh, in fact, the U.S. has plenty of its own oil. I don't know that that's a concern to them. But it wasn't the U.S. that decided uh, initially that Maduro was a problem. It was uh, this Lima group of countries that put out a statement before the U.S. had taken a position that said Maduro's reign is illegitimate and that uh, therefore Guaido is the legitimate interim president under Venezuela's constitution. So in case you're wondering, the Lima Group consists of Canada, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Guyana, Honduras, Panama, Paraguay, Peru, and St. Lucia. So I haven't heard anybody try to argue that we are, are puppets of uh, Argentina's foreign policy or Colombia's foreign policy. That we're just doing what Honduras wants us to do. Now, we have a, a dictator in Venezuela who is wreaking havoc on his country and brutally oppressing his people. And it's only right that we take a stand here. And that's what we're doing. So on this credit where credit is due. And the conservatives are on the same page here. As I say, I have no idea where Jagmeet Singh is at, but it's an uncomfortable issue for him because he's got a few in his party anyway who are pretty overtly pro-Maduro. And there were a lot of those kinds of figures on the far left in this country that just have such a, a blind commitment to you know solidarity with their fellow socialists abroad. They just turn a blind eye to all of this. They don't want to see or hear what's happening on the ground. Or there were some, I think, who were just so uh, in love with, with Hugo Chavez that they refused to acknowledge that maybe things didn't work out so well uh, under Chavez and now under Maduro. They, they just can't bring themselves to admit it. I, I think there are some that have, but those are few and far between. So that's the issue. And, yet, and you look at an organization like QP that represents, I think, almost 700,000 people across the country. How does this help any of them? How does taking the side of Maduro help anybody who is a member of CUPE? I mean, ultimately, CUPE is just hurting its own credibility, which in the long run maybe isn't so good for the people who, uh, who are they supposed to represent. Anyway, let's get back to the phones here. This is Arnold. Arnold, welcome to the program. Yeah, Canada giving money to Venezuela. Where does the money go to? Send food and medicine instead. 
Well, I, I think that's what we're intending to do. The money's not going directly to Venezuela. The money's going to, to the countries who are dealing with this influx uh, of the millions of people who have fled Venezuela and who are in need of, as you say, food and medicine. So uh, the money is in response to the situation in Venezuela, but it's going to neighboring countries who are dealing with these these um, well, refugees, essentially. Oh, that's a better way to go, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you. Arnold, appreciate the phone call. I mean, for now, Maduro remains in power there. So if we're going to send $53 million to him, well, God knows what's going to happen to that. Uh, so the money's supposed to be to help these countries deal with the influx of Venezuelans who have fled the situation. I mean, that's how dire it is. Right? When organizations like QP, as they said in their statement, they want the people of Venezuela to choose their future. Well, would it be the, the people of Venezuela who have fled by the millions? Would that be the people of Venezuela who have taken the streets by the hundreds of thousands? The same people of Venezuela who have been jailed, brutalized, and starved? Anyway, let's see what uh, Eric has to say. Eric, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Rob. Um, first off, you know what? I wish that all of these people who are uh, saying what you have just said, which is let the people decide, etc., come to realize that you know, this is uh, a socialist regime. They call themselves the socialists who help the poor, etc. And in many cases, their support is from the very poor. But the reality is that, you know, it is a, it's almost back in the days of the Soviet Union in the 60s, 70s, and, you know, where it is an oppressive state. You can't say anything. There is no such thing as will of the people. And that's where it's so disingenuous for people like Jagmeet Singh to, to back up these statements that, you know, it's the will of the people. No, it's not the will of the people. And the second thing, though, what's obvious right now is that it's not really a matter of when Maduro goes. There's a negotiation going on right now. You can be absolutely sure of it. The negotiation is how much does he get to keep? Where will he go? Asylum. Uh, which generals are going to get amnesty? How much do they get to keep? Which of their families get members get visas to which countries to get the hell out of there? Um, that's what's happening, and that's why there haven't been any shots fired, and that's why, you know, we're in this sort of stalemate. But, you know, within a week's time, no more than that, um, he will be on a plane somewhere, and my guess it'll be to either uh, uh, maybe Iran or Russia. Yeah, uh, that'd be where I bought my money. Eric, appreciate the phone call. Uh, that's me we come down to. Here's the story last week. Maduro was trying to get uh, his gold out of Venezuela. A uh, story from Bloomberg, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro's efforts to ship 20 tons of gold valued at about $850 million overseas has been halted by unnerved banking staffers seeking to avoid getting uh, caught in the crosshairs of U.S. sanctions. So he's trying to smuggle his gold out of there. There was a Russian plane that had mysteriously flown in last week, maybe for that, that exact purpose. Again, so here's this opulent dictator figuring out how he's going to get his hundreds of millions of dollars out of the country. Uh, the world socialists cheer him on. It's truly bizarre and, and disturbing, frankly. All right. So like I say, I'm, I'm glad to see Canada's on the right side of this. Credit where credit is due. All right. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.